to Saha Says, where we go over headlines of the week, sharing our in-the-weeds opinions. Joining us tonight on the program, Vesh, a security engineer and the Saha moderator, Pinky, the team captain for UTSA's CCDC team, and Cooper, a biohacker, news curator for this program, founder of Dangerous Minds Podcast, and a host of other very busy and active things. Now, I am Sciatic Nerd, the B-Sides SATX coordinator and this podcast's manager. And I don't know really what that means other than I heard the cats along with everyone else. We would ta- like to take a moment to thank our new sponsor, Dangerous Things, who delivers custom gadgetry for the discerning hacker and biohacker. So check them out at DangerousThings.com. And if you or your organization would like to sponsor the efforts of Saha or Saha Says, please reach out to us at SATX Hackers on Twitter And we would like to have a conversation with you guys if you're willing to sponsor us or to get involved with Saha or Saha Says. Again, that's hashtag SATXHackers or at SATXHackers on Twitter. Thanks so much. So we're going to get right down to it this week with a story from Coop. First off, it looks like we've got scmagazineuk.com. It looks like LinkedIn users are getting fish to steal IDs. Big surprise, LinkedIn is a great place for recruiters and fishers. It's like uh, fishing in a barrel, so to speak. Hey, Uh, I don't know that they actually come with the barrel or if you're supposed to find your way into that barrel, but apparently it it makes for the right targeting environment. Please tell us more. Yeah, it looks like they've got a phony. the, The story goes on to talk about that a phony email claims there is a security issue with the recipient's LinkedIn account and then tries to get information from them. And I'm actually surprised people actually give out anything, but yeah, well, it's one of those stories of user error, improper configuration, bad passwords, blah, blah, blah. You well, know, falls into one of those categories, right? Right. One of our earlier uh, aforementioned discussion topics, but see what stands out to me in this article from scmagazineuk.com uh, is that they describe that it asks people to upload uh, their PII, right? Their personally identifiable information. Now, as you, if you're a listener of this podcast, you're aware that we do have categories of, well, gosh darn it, don't do that, people. But you know, it's kind of a Seinfeldian approach to why? What's this about? Why are we doing this? And, and the answer is, is always the same when it comes to phishing. Phishing is about tricking people into putting stuff where they wouldn't normally put it. And yes, that sounds as bad as it is. Uh, Vesh, have you ever actually seen a phishing email that you would be willing to fall for, but you still caught it? Well, I mean, they do get a little bit better as time, go, as time goes on. Some of them actually have a PDF or something backing it up. Some of them try uh, you know, all kinds of different vectors and even try to infect you, but this is, I don't even know why this is newsworthy. It must just be a slow news day. This is like, oh, yeah, of course, they're getting uh, fish to steal their IDs. I, have, I, don't, I don't know why. What, what good does a LinkedIn ID do you? Oh, wow, you can, I mean, you can uh, grab my profile. What's, you know, what's going on? It's saying, is it, are they asking for a password too or what? I didn't see anywhere where they were actually asking for a LinkedIn password. Seems to me like they forgot something. Well, I think they're they're actually uh, counting on when yeah they're asking folks to upload it so they can steal the password for LinkedIn and then try to branch out from that so that they can go ahead and use the same password on multiple sites. It says. Dang. 
but it's yeah. it's odd enough. I don't know. So well, no, do you don't ha- you want to make rainbow tables the easy way about meow? About <laughs> just right about meow. That's just right about meow. Pinky, have you have you ever used fishing as a CCDC uh, countermeasure? No, unfortunately not. I've considered doing it just to troll my fellow teammates, but I don't think that makes me a great person to admit that right now because now they'll be expecting it. But well, that's no, all- I mean. One thing we get is that other teams get their emails hacked, and then we get emails from them being like, "Lols, we suck." It's like, "Yeah, you oh. do." And they're like, "Here, click this link," and it's like, "No, no, thank you." <laughs> Not clinking. Not falling for linkage. Click uh, this link to secure your server now. That, yeah, exactly. Me out, thank you. Uh huh. Yeah, it, it's raining passwords. Hallelujah. That's terrific. But so I, I love what it's. It's funny. The, the conclusion of the article is that further inaction is actually what protects you. Uh, wait a minute. So you're telling me my laziness is actually going to help? That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the only part that I like. So yeah, the, the only winning move is not to play global thermal nuclear war, anyone? So. Will I dream, Dave? Will I dream? <laughs> that's one hell of a question. Hey, and no. Oh. No, I'm sorry. I should be better than that. <laughs> Instead, let me try to do something that's that's obviously not upsetting anyone right now if you're an Apple fan, because it says in this Ars Technica article that the Touch Bar MacBook Pro teardown finds some unpleasant surprises. And this is an updated release of this article uh, that actually came out on the 16th, and they're saying that basically the inside of the Touch Bar model is very different from the $1,500 similar model. So apparently these two computers, it turns out that the touch bar is entirely different motherboard, cooling system, and everything. It's almost like, well, in some ways, that looking at the way they designed the upgraded version, if you want the newer tech, you just buy the newer machine. So even though they're similar in price, and you're like, oh, look, it's the touch bar. I think it's almost like the entry level of the next gen of the motherboard. What do you guys think? I I don't know, because I'm pretty sure Pinky is operating on a Mac right now. Yeah, I am. I'm running on the first generation of Retinas. And my main big thing about this new series is that, like, I was actually browsing with a friend yesterday on the teardown of the Touch Bar model by iFixit. And it's a mess. Like, I know Mac is trying to, you know, make things thinner, more consolidated and all that. But, like, the hard drive, or the solid state, I should say. Yeah. Now, if, you, if it goes, which, you know, they do, you have to get a whole new logic board. Well, battery it, is glued on to the point. You can't remove it. So it's like, I appreciate Apple, your ingenuity and all that. You know, I love how they look. I love how they operate. But I don't know, like, when this one goes, if I'd p- probably purposely go with an older model just because I don't like this model that much. I don't like the fact that if my hard drive goes, it's dead. I don't want to pay for a whole new logic board. That's what the Genius Bar is for, right, Vesh? Oh, I, Yeah. Uh, loaded with um, loaded with uh, sarcasm and geniusness. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but the the key point here is is that Apple made a hash out of adding a touch bar when they should add a touch screen. Is that so hard? Is that the like? Is that so hard for them to accomplish? My iPhone is pretty damn slim, and uh, it's nothing but touch screen. You know, yep. Why can't you put it in the goddamn MacBook? Why? Is there this fucking bar with everything soldered around it? Uh, just make the screen a touch screen. It's but not. I'm not going to invalidate your iPad, Vesh. Uh, oh, that, that's right. That's right. Because then it would be an iPad 
with a with a keyboard, and they don't want to deal with that. They'd rather just. I, I guess people still buy them. People still buy them. There's still plenty of suckers out there. So, um, suckers, you, suckers. Wait a minute. Hold on. Fifteen hundred bucks for an i. Fifteen hundred bucks for an i five uh, and a glued in SSD and no touchscreen. Like we've got an Alienware here. It's thirteen inches. It's it's almost as light. Um, it's got a quality case. It's got a, a high-end i7, 16 gigs of RAM, a big SSD, and guess what? Everything is swap-outable, and it's got a, a super high-resolution display, and everything is touchscreen. So, it's a better screen, too. Yeah, it is a better screen. It's actually a, a was it, a, a Q, WQ, one of the big, big-ass ones. WQGA what? Like 3,200 by oh something. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. it, it's, it's super sexy. Like yeah. and if you want a cheaper version that's not quite as sexy, you can always go for the Dell XPS 13, that uh, is a little bit cheaper, not nearly as sexy, but still it rips Mac uh, a new one and take it from a former Mac genius that it's just a title. I am definitely not a genius by any means, and uh, plain and simple, uh, I don't really want to use Macs much myself because they're just overpriced for what you get. Why not, if you want a similar Mac experience, go out, buy an Alienware, buy an XPS 13, throw a freaking Linux on it, and you got the same basic okay, feel. Okay, now. No, no, no. No. <laughs> same basic Look, feel. I was before until you fucking said Linux. No. Okay, wait, wait. So what, what, what's wrong there? What, you want to use Windows on this thing? No. I was actually on, the point. No, fuck no. Fuck Windows too, but no. The whole point being that, yes, Mac is, or Apple's making a stupid fucking mistake with this generation, you know. The graphics card, everything's just a wrong mistake this time. I think everyone can agree that this year it's just like, what were you thinking? This is wrong. But no, this whole, I love the Mac operating system. I love how easy it works with my phone. I love iMessage. I love all the different functionalities that come with it. But what I, like I said, just buy a fucking newer model or older model. It'll be cheaper anyway. And you have some of the same problems, but not nearly this much. Oh, wait, wait. No, I, I want to understand the whole thing with why not Linux. Because I'd actually like to be able to use any application, Sciatic. Oh. Uh, but but like, there's I plenty of open source I alternatives. Oh, are we seriously getting an open source talk? There's Wine. There's there's also Come Steam on. for you gamers. Come have on. You tried making Wine work with a lot of things and Steam. Yes. And then you're asking the developers to basically put Wine on it and... Yeah, I've How used Wine. I use Wine every day. I use Play on Linux every day because I like Creative Suite. I need my Photoshop. I need my Illustrator. So Wine doesn't like it, but Play on Linux does. But it, at least it's got Windows. Well, so it's like how Bing is like you know what is it? Because it's not Google. Okay, so wait. Because they actually allow you to use uh, to leverage their API instead of Google. Google yeah, tells true. you, oh, you're automating shit. You shouldn't automate shit. I'm yeah, confused. Wait, Steam exists on Linux without having to use Wine. You can put Steam on Linux and play at least two games. I mean, maybe three. <laughs> um, I, last I checked, I'm pretty sure that I can almost play cards. Maybe Blackjack? Uh, through No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Play online? What? Uh, Firefly Online. But no, no, it, it's so I actually, yes, okay, fine. So 
Uh, I can play easy, more easily. I can play some games with Steam in a, a Linux environment. That's fine. But the point was, you can do most of these things with any of these tools. Most of the tools are the same. If you're doing production, Audacity, for example, runs everywhere. Uh, there are lots of programs and open source alternatives or commercial alternatives. You can you can find anything. Uh, the the trick is that you have to find what works for you as a daily driver. I'm imagining. So the tools exist. And, you know, as a disgruntled Amiga user, I'm still finding most things work fine. So, um, but I'm, I actually, I digress. I want to, I want to ask Vesh about something. I'm very excited, Vesh. I want to know what it is about an attorney in New York that's going to make everybody decide that encryption's bad. Well, no, there's no surprise here. A DA from New York is a douchebag. This is... <laughs> This is the, this is uh, in the in the predictable pile. Um, so they have uh, this guy named uh, a fellow named Cyrus Vance, who I'm sure isn't a clone of the character from uh, what, what, Con Air. It was Con Air. Yeah, Law and Order. So um, D. A. Vance. Uh, he's oh. got. He said he's got uh, 423 lawfully seized Apple devices that his employees can't do anything with. First off, the New York DA's office at this point probably isn't doing that much anyways. They they seem to not give a crap about crime in New York at this moment in time. Um, but 420 lawfully seized Apple devices, I love how that's in quotes, 42 of those devices pertain to homicide or attempted murder cases, which to me is like, that's that's a pretty slim number, right? And, and you just, I, I just want into them so that we can get these awful, awful people off the streets. Well, last I checked, last I checked, we don't put everybody in prison because you want forty-two miscreants off the street. Um, if you know, if we did that, uh, perhaps we would have voted one way or the other differently on election day. Perhaps we would have had a lot less candidates if we actually had real crime and punishment for the rich. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, get off. <laughs> I think that's the equivalent of clickbait your, during a conversation. Get off your communist high horse. If only, if only the 1% would send me some money. Come on, Lenin, Lenin for uh, 2020. John Lennon for 2020? That's gross. Lenin and Stalin for 2020. Wait, are you in Stalin? What are you in Stalin? <laughs> Linux? Steam? The hell? Slackware. Anywho, Lenin... <laughs> Lenin and Stalin both would have loved this particular district attorney. So, um, you know, because why stop there? Why not just uh, why not just have something installed on all Apple devices that makes sure that we're you know we're using them correctly and legally? I what? mean, let's extend E nine one one. Let's put it in the baseband. Let's have it report our locations and turn on our cameras and you know and and read what we're typing. Let's just let's just go ahead and do it. Let's commit. Let's let's commit to this. Uh, Let's commit to the tyranny. I say I'm for it. Let's let's let the meteors hit. The so. meteor. <laughs> so so okay. So since we're now for the Orwellian future, and we're actually looking to see if we can actually run a control program that allows us. Did you ever watch Who Done It shows? I'm curious. Anybody in the group here? Does anyone watch Who Done It shows? And if so, do you ever find yourself wondering? where the line is between the safety that law enforcement is intended to provide and the police state we're all afraid of, the surveillance state. So, you know, you watch enough episodes of CSI, forget the enhance and zoom and nonsense. Let's talk for a minute about how much they're like, well, if we could only track these folks, right? 
Oh yeah, yeah. If we could only, if we only knew, uh, if we could only predict these criminal actions uh, beforehand. So, but with the with the sad fact being that uh, any one of us are commit what three or four crimes a day that we could get in trouble for. You know, it's they say that ignorance of the law isn't an excuse, but when the law is a hundred is a hundred thousand pages, how the hell are you going to know everything? Like, do I did if there's a dog walking law on certain only certain days of the week? And you rig up enough cameras, and you track me long enough, and you really want to target me, you'll find something that I've done that's illegal, no doubt. So, why are we, why are we even? First off, I really don't even get the the concept of police. Like the police have no go zones. Uh, no, that shouldn't be allowed. You signed up to be a cop, and you're going to get the full pension and benefits that live with you know maintaining society status quo. Um, your ass is going to the place where it needs the most policing. And I'm sorry, there shouldn't be any such thing as no-go zones. Uh, you know, you, you, you want to um, – it, it's like the – it's kind of like that, that bullshit argument where it's like, oh, I'm putting my life on the line every day. It's like, really? Really, are you? Are you seriously? I mean, I was in the military and everything, but it was – it's like, is your life on the line every day in that chair? It's like, well, potentially. I'm like, yeah, well, potentially because of your no-go zones, my life's on the line. So, uh, you know, shove that donut down your throat and get the fuck out there. You got but uh, that's all I have to say about that. And besides, we can just hire private security for areas. Like, if I just wanted to guard my neighborhood, I could just hire, we could just hire some private security to get a neighborhood. Yeah, but that, but that doesn't actually work either. I mean, it's a general deterrent. Very famously in Detroit right now because they've completely given up on the cops in nicer areas. So it does work. It works everywhere it's tried. Private security forces are far more efficient than uh, any type of government-sponsored security force. Okay, but then explain the break-ins in local neighborhoods. You can't tell me that the private security is just as effective, or are we saying that uh, you have to add more or scale up? Or, or I, I'm, I'm talking in generalization here, because in general terms, because break-ins occur in the neighborhoods. Uh, you know, the, the crime blotter still reflects. So, and they have private security the off-duty police officers, basically, who get paid to go and, and patrol. So how, how is this any better, worse, different? Well if, it's, well, if it's not any different, then why are we paying taxes for police, right? If, if, if well, that's where the standing pay, force comes from. If the, if, the ending, if the end result is the same, why even pay for the cops? Why not just say, hey, I'll take that tax that I'm paying towards the police and I'll put it towards my own security. I'll go buy a gun. I'll do something, but anything, but... Like, police don't do really anything other than record crime that has occurred. Every now and then they stop something. Every now and then they're parked out somewhere and they deter a bit of crime. But by and large, they're just there when some shit already happened. Well, I, I guess that's that's just where things are. And uh, that doesn't seem like it should be that way. But, hey, guess what? You know, it's a perception. and And there's a reason for that. Uh, it's not just, you know, it's based on people experiencing things, right? We're an empirical, you got, you got gangland warfare going on. Try harder pussies. So Coop, what about yourself, sir? I'm going to push back towards the, uh, uh, the groups that are talking about, excuse me. I'm trying to get back to the, the Dutch hacker who almost broke the internet, who escaped jail. Well, yeah, this is, uh, the hacker one of our uh, more used news sources because, well, that's all they talk about is InfoSec-related stuff and tech, so it makes it easy as a one-stop shop. 
especially when it seems like everybody else copies and pastes from their, their site at times. But anyway, uh, apparently a Dutch hacker who in 2013, he was uh, biggest cyber attack to date. Makes me wonder how that compares to that DDoS that just happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, apparently he was arrested by Spanish authorities and uh, blah, 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 based on a warrant. And going further down, it uh, says that he somehow escaped jail. Makes me wonder how bad the security was there. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to read through real quick. And it just makes me laugh to, you know, to be certain that, you know, how bad is it that finally you catch a guy you've been hunting for a while and then he slips through your fingers. So it just makes me wait, wonder if they're going to just wait again until he takes down another big chunk of the internet or is, did he actually escape or did he just get recruited? Hmm. See, now, I, I wonder if these are, some of these stories do make me think that they're recruitment efforts. I mean, uh, do you guys think it's nation state sponsored pinky? Would you, would you think that some of these events that take place are part of nation state recruiting efforts? Is there somewhere a giant job board in the, in the uh, deep web where people are, are doing things to get their street cred on? I don't say why not. I mean, why not get all this publicity, scare people the hell out, and, you know, just blame it on the one person while they're doing whatever the fuck they want, you know, on other news without you paying attention because it's like, woo, shiny, and then other shit happens. The distraction of the week. Mm-hmm. Well, this, I mean, the suspect was taking, or the guy did, was uh, taking revenge for uh, being blacklisted by um, by Spam House. So basically, he he went on the offensive after they put him on the blacklist because Cyber Bunker was a place for um, anonymous hosting services, uh, aside from terrorist websites and child porn or or whatever. I'm sure that. Uh, I'm sure Spam House was lower than their right to blacklist the guy, and but I, I'm I'm curious as to why there's this much jail time associated with basically just fucking around on the internet. I mean, really, was anybody hurt? Were, were there any were there any uh, pe- uh, people um, uh, killed by the crime? Was anybody robbed of their safety and security? Uh, I just I don't see why they attach these long ass prison sentences to this. But I, I have a sneaking suspicion that there's more than a few individuals in the United States and in Britain and in various other areas that are very, very interested in getting access to his cyber, um, to his uh, his cyber bunker records. So don't think right. that you don't think for ten seconds that he was not probably being, you know, wrenched a little bit because certain intelligence agencies may or may not have information on some cyber bunker websites that you know he might have and, and they're using it as a bit of leverage and the guy probably just escaped i mean he was probably the guy's probably been approached seven or eight times just based on you know what he was hosting and they're they're just probably stacking up the charges on him sitting there going we can get you for this we can get you for that you were hosting this you were hosting that so you know that this is this is going to come back as something much larger than just a guy escaping, and, and that actually makes for a very interesting point because if there are people who are doing things like that and getting these very long prison sentences, I, I want to divert for a second and talk about another hacker news article. 
uh, at talking about how to use basically a Raspberry Pi Zero. And the, the headline is nice and inflammatory. This $5 device can hack your password protected computers in just one minute. Unfortunately, they don't explain that one minute is just for the boot for the Pi. Uh, and, and the rest of it's uh, all in the software configuration. Because it says you have to be more careful next time while leaving your computer unattended at your office, as it could cost hackers just $5 and only 30 seconds to hack into any computer. So now that we're back to the uh, sneakers approach where there is no protection, one device can undo everything, it says that well-known ha- hardware hacker has a well-known hardware hacker has once again devised a cheap exploit tool, but this time it takes 30 seconds to imp- install privacy-invading backdoor software onto your computer, even when your computer is locked with a strong password. So the actual item is a, uh, a tool that runs freely on Raspberry Pi Zero hardware, and it's basically saying that even if your machine is protected, uh, it's going to be able to connect up probably using the default USB driver features. So, in other words, it's, it's, it goes to read it and check it out, and then it just goes and attacks you. So, and it goes through a whole thing. Uh, the article goes into more detail about this, but the kick, it says, is that the tool allows them to install persistent web-based backdoors in the cache, in the web cache, for hundreds of thousands of domains, making the victim's browser as well as local network remotely controllable by the attacker. So the answer is, you thought it was bad when people were leaving whoopee cushions on chairs or, you know, sneaking onto your machine while you went to get coffee and turning the, the screen upside down and hiding all your icon folders in, a, in another hidden folder. You know, now we've, we've moved on to rubber, from rubber chickens and we're just basically embedding malware into your system. Uh, Coop, I'm curious, do you even, have you been able to get your hands on Pi Zeros? You, you have these, right? I have several, actually. And have you uh, ever considered, you know, using them as party favors to throw away so that you can obtain control of remote machines? Well, I've read about uh, different uses in that in that way, but I would rather wait until I have a signed document that says I am authorized for a pen test to do such things. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I would uh, want to try it else other than that. I've set up uh, one around the house as like a remote VPN tool just to see how it was done before. It was way too easy and just makes me think, yeah, it's going to be uh, one of those dangers because, you know, it's cheap, it's lightweight, you could leave it anywhere and uh, conceal it really easily because the damn thing's tiny as hell. So, you know, what prevents you from setting up setting up as like a remote VPN at like a public library or a coffee shop to be able to just remote in from another place and, you know, have your way with their internet and whoever else is on that network as well. Pinky, I'm wondering if you've ever caught any red teamers trying to do something like this uh, during a CCDC event. No, we have not. The sneakiest they've gotten in my experience was just coming into the room trying to look at the passwords, and I caught one red teamer trying to plug in their phone to our computers, but nothing to the sophistication of this tiny and all that. And since that year, they have been trying to cut down on the amount of social engineering and putting devices into it because I think it's just going into a unrealistic expectation Hmm. of how do you go through and look. I mean, we do look at every USB port, but like the article mentions itself is that 
to get away or you know stop this it's borderline unrealistic how what do you mean borderline unrealistic with how you, how available a USB rubber ducky is why can't that be a part of the test somebody walk in plug in it runs a script in 10 seconds and gives them shell I think in this case it's more particular to this specific one in the article with the fact that you know the recommendations they mention are things like putting your computer to hibernate rather than sleep closing out all of your web browsers every time you walk away Disable USB port, crap like that. And generally, like USB rubber ducky, why not? I agree. It's not going to be as malicious as persistent. But something like this is very good and something everyone should look out for. So, so I'm thinking that we should change the uh, name. Since, since there's already a popular device called the rubber ducky, I think we should move up to the attack chicken. And I think it's going to be a rubber chicken that you slit in its butt and then you can put the Raspberry Pi Zero right on in there, turducken style. And that way, the USB cable just snakes out through the mouth where the beak would be. And so you can have this dead rubber chicken on your desk. And that's how you know that you've been schmaltzed. I, I, think, that's, I think that's what we should be, be aware of now. Um, I don't know. Vesh, thoughts? Well, uh, this is basically like plugging your... Uh, plugging your computer into a hub with a span or a router with a span port on it or a hu- or a hub it's just it's catching broadcast data and they just said hey if you want to protect yourself against this um force everything over https and i say yeah that's uh, yes yes do that that's great let's do uh let's do a damn Let's make all the servers in the world https let's make the entire internet let's disable http for everything we don't need HTTP anymore. Uh, I, I think you're you're right. I, I, that's what HTTPS anywhere is supposed to be or everywhere is supposed to be, and uh, yep. we, we should be pushing towards that anyway. And I also have to, to mention that uh, uh, in, in pursuing this as a thought, I mean, we just need to keep that in mind in everything that we're doing. And by the way, uh, secure, what is it, secure West Virginia, secure WV, or uh, HackerCon was taking place uh, this over this last weekend, and they've got, if you're just getting started with all this and you're trying to figure out how you would examine the USB data, getting started with Wireshark, they had a lot of uh, entry-level or intro presentations at Secure WV. Uh, go look it up on uh, YouTube and look up the, the HackerCon. Hacker is H-A-C-K-3-R con. And you'll find some actually really good material. Uh, great. If, again, if you're looking for kind of intro stuff, getting started because everybody needs to cover the basics once in a while and go back over it. And then if you're feeling brave, go look up their, uh, hacker, uh, karaoke video clips, and then you can be scared because there's nothing quite like, uh, hackers in need of auto tune of which I am one. So in need of auto tune, that is anyway, uh, moving on. I see the next story is actually my own. So I guess I will plow into this next story where Microsoft joins the Linux Foundation. So if you're not sitting down, I, well, if you weren't, I bet you are now. Because this yet another story from the Hacker News uh, describes that, well, Microsoft's love with open source is, embrace, uh, is getting crazier as time passes. And so basically at its first Connect event in 2013, they launched Visual Studio 2013. A year later, they open-sourced the .NET 
language, and last year it opened videos, Visual Studios Code Editor as well, all moving towards a stronger presence in the open source community. So, not only that, but Microsoft partnered with Canonical to bring Ubuntu to Windows 10, and they've worked with FreeBSD to develop a virtual machine image for the Azure cloud, and has chosen Ubuntu as the OS for its cloud-based big data servers. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not already throwing up your guts or going to find a bottle of something, some kind of stronger sarsaparilla, at 2016 Connect Developer Conference in New York, they announced, that is Microsoft, that they are going to join the Linux Foundation as a platinum member the highest level of membership, which costs half a million bucks annually. So they, they quietly insert one line that basically explains that uh, Google has also joined on with the independent.net foundation. So they're all getting in bed together to do something in the background. I don't know if it's collaboration or something else. It's very interesting to see where this could take us. And I'm very curious, uh, uh, Coop, would you use more non-Windows on Windows, or are you still not just the biggest fan? Well, <clears throat> Bash on Windows sounds like a great thing, because, well, I don't like PowerShell. PowerShell's a, a clusterfuck. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And, uh, Pinky, any thoughts on this one? Oh. Go into more detail there. Why is PowerShell a clusterfuck? Uh, oh, here we go. I'm not going to let that stand. Yeah. <laughs> It's just I so much easier. Because it is. Uh, you have to do so much more to do the same thing that you could do in half the time, half the characters in Bash. I'm sorry, this sounds like a Microsoft Word and WordPerfect argument I'm hearing. I don't know. I see. Well, I I see works argument? What? I don't know. I see, um, I see. I don't have to worry about you know uh, mixed capitalization. I can tap things out just the same. Um, the argument order makes sense. I can do, uh, you know, I can do piping just the same. I can run modules. I can install my own modules and then run those. I can install help scripts um, and add to the man pages. I mean, there's there's a lot to like about uh, PowerShell. I don't think it's like uh, it's a clusterfuck. It's not a clusterfuck. It's just not what you prefer. Well, that makes it a clusterfuck to me. I hate that which I don't understand. Fire. No, it, I hate that which makes me do twice the work that I would have to do to do the same thing and bash. Fire bad. <laughs> oh, God. Pinky, save us, Pinky. Are you going to um, be the vo- voice of reason here? I don't know how I'm going to be the voice of reason. You know, FreeBSC over there insists on installing PowerShell in our Linux boxes, so. You know, this just means it's going to be probably PowerShell is going to become easier on FreeBSD actual distro, not husband. Um. Not, <laughs> not. <laughs> so which, which, is, which is the shorthand? The operating system? No, wait a minute. No, that's not going to sound right. Now, no, never mind. <laughs> which is a reach around? Just a tip? What? No, no, Archer, stop it. <laughs> just the tip. Just the tip. So, oh. I mean, personally, my thoughts about it. You know, Microsoft has helped out with Linux before with contributions. You know, we talked about this a month or two ago when they first did a last big push to it. You know, I don't see it as a big deal. You know, do I care that Ubuntu's on Windows? Not really. I don't like Ubuntu. I know there's currently projects going on to getting Arch on there instead of Ubuntu, and that would be fun. So, I mean, it's an exciting new world. More things to tinker with and more vulnerabilities, probably. 
Speaking of vulnerabilities, can you talk to us for a minute about how Wi-Fi signals can leak things, Pinky? Yeah, so amazingly enough, this article is from thehackernews.com. I mean, really? it's baffling. Really? The Hacker yeah. News? You, you don't say. They should I be a sponsor. I know. <laughs> so basically, um, this is specifically toward mobile devices, and they're calling this, it's a bunch of researchers from the University of South Florida and the University of Massachusetts at Boston, had demonstrated a new technique that can reveal private information by analyzing the radio signal interference by using one rogue Wi-Fi hotspot. The one in, the ba- in my back tooth? Is it the one in my tooth? Yeah, it is. Oh, definitely. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. So it's called wind talkers, what they're calling it. And basically what they've discovered is that when you enter your PIN number or password in any app, or if you swipe your smartphone lock screen pattern, fingerprint movements alter the Wi-Fi signals transmitted by your mobile phone, and the movements are imprinted into the signal. So then if you have this Wi-Fi hotspot, they just go analyze the frequencies and go from there. So they're and now they have a 68% accuracy. Oh, my gosh. So just hide under the bed, people. They can figure out what you're typing. They know how many times you've clicked that particular website. You know the one I mean. They know how many times you've typed that into the, into the search bar just by the, the reverse-engineered signals from your Wi-Fi hotspot. Okay. Rogue hotspot, rogue hotspot. Oh, so sorry, not, Ro- rogue. Okay, not just any hotspot, huh? Yeah. Mobile detonation device. What? <laughs> well, uh, it, for this thing, it's it's like, oh, well, they have to attach to the rogue hotspot. I said, well, that's already you've already won the game. If they already attached your hotspot, it's like yeah. now let me figure out their lock combo. What 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 else is there to figure out? They're attached to your wireless hotspot. You know, uh, redu- uh, redirect their traffic, make them go to a web page. Throw them, uh, you know, there's all kinds of different things to do to, that you can do uh, with a rogue access point. That I'm amazed that they're like, well, hey, listen, we can we can unlock this guy's lock screen. I'm like, it's a test your rogue access point. Just fucking sit there and sniff, or send them some, uh, you know, send them back fa- uh, false pages. Send them. Uh, you know, send them back a key logger. I, I don't know. There's 50,000 different ways to do this other than analyzing the RF. I mean, that's still cool. It's not that it's not cool. It's just... No, but it's not as cool as they're making it sound. No. Uh, and yeah. also, I love that the, uh, the, the scoped ad for the page on the page is for a free hotspot. Uh, I think that's <laughs> hilarious that it actually, you know, skimmed the article and said, oh, the metadata is about a hotspot. Let's, let's offer people a free hotspot. Because nothing would be funnier. Because comedy writes itself, uh, but it does say that that yeah, you know I I'm a little surprised because I'm you know I'm I'm a notorious skimmer when it comes to some of this stuff and it doesn't say it in the first three paragraphs, so uh, down here in the meat of the article and thank you Vesh for pointing that out mm-hmm. uh, that that it's further down that basically you have to have control of a rogue access point and trick you into connecting to it. So basically, what is it? Aircrack NG fifteen minutes of your time. And the specific configuration to knock it. Basically, all you know, further reminder, do not connect an open hotspot. Do not connect to open hotspots that are free. Boom. Nothing Amazing. new. But wait, if you're stuck in the airport and you're, you only have two bars, you're going to connect. You're going to say, well, I know better, but I'm going to do it. Connect to a VPN then. There you go. So, I mean, yeah, that's probably better, but 
Aircrack NG will still promiscuously knock you off. It'll still try to get you your data. Yeah, it's just, but it's ineffective against WPA2, so, which is kind of everything these days. You know, you actually, you know, as soon as there's a practical attack against WPA2, I guess, but, uh, you know, right now it's more like just, just advertise yourself as a bunch of SSIDs and uh, try to get, and try to get, especially like ATT Wi Fi, things like that, Weston, local hotels. Um, you're still going to have to get out and do and do the legwork on your uh, on your rip teams, folks. On your wireless penetration assessments, you're still going to have to do actual site visits. I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to remotely install some RF analyzer and you know and and complete everything. You're going to have to actually go there. Uh, it's one of the few times that you red firmers actually get off the couch, still get your asses up and go there. Nice. So well, while they're getting off the couch, do they need to do something special to bring down large servers, Vesh? Um, well, not according to, let's see, where, where was that? The, um, the black nurse attack, which is my understanding is just a, a kind of an older, so there's an older implementation of an ICMP message that, um, uh, of course does improper parsing or improper message handling and allows for, I was, I, I don't know if it was a reflection attack or, um, what, but basically you can be on very low bandwidth, you know, standard home connection and achieve a very high, um, you know, very high output. You know, that's, that's the key to any uh, DDoS is making sure that you have, that you can maximize the pipe that you have in order to take down something much larger. So that's why um, if I'm sending out one packet from my home connection, I'm looking for that one packet to generate four packets worth of, data before I have to send another one. So that's uh, that's kind of what this Black Nurse thing is. But it only works against specific devices, and I believe they're all older. So it's not like uh, it's not like something – it's not something that um, – if you just bought your – I think if you just bought your servers um, last year, like even Cisco, there's Cisco ASAs, um, which is old, and some unverified Palo Alto, which means to me it's old. Sonic wall, probably old. Cisco router, 897, old. Um, Zywall's old. I mean, this is all old. This, these are all old items. And they've got some snort rules. They've already got snort rules published that uh, can reveal this attack. So I'm not too terribly worried about it. If your equipment's relatively new, you should be okay. No, but that speaks to the issue, right? So this is almost like a, hey, upgrade your toys this is kind of a, a clarion call to, to get off the couch and do that if nothing else it's it's patch it's stay current and if you have old stuff like i, I know certain conferences their entire uh on-site infrastructure for the event is predicated on being donated this old hardware so that old hardware would be like a prime target so i mean you know it's only a couple of days a year in the case of a conference but i mean in other words, if you if you've got older hardware, you're definitely more susceptible. Uh, which hey, you know, sometimes you do get what you pay for. I don't know, Pinky. Are you a, a fan of do, how how often do you see old hardware still in place? Um, since well, all of our competition stuff runs off donated equipment every day, and I was briefly looking through all the models being affected, and all I think was I've seen all of them at CCDC. So, excuse me, I'll cry my little corner for a little while. 
How about you, Coop? Do you, you often help folks who have uh, not the newest gear, isn't that right? All the time, actually. And it just makes me that much more concerned uh, for especially, you know, small nonprofits because they don't have know-how or the budget to be able to upgrade to newer, you know, next-gen stuff. And they're happy when it just works, let alone, you know, even, you know, current residential gear uh, is even better than most often what they have and what they have available. So it just seems like a, just a, a bag full of cats that have been sprayed by water. <laughs> An entire bag, just a whole yeah, bag and waiting to be dumped on you. It's oh. just, a, just a world of problems. Yikes. Well, you know, a, go, go ahead. I was going to say, that's a fun visual for you, I bet. Yeah, it is, actually. I was thinking, you know what else is a fun visual? Uh, 300 million users getting exposed. Why do they choose language like that in an article that talks about adult websites? Why are they always talking about naked, exposed, and... and Why uh, not? Because of the visual? It, it has raincoats, to be. Raincoats. Lots and lots of raincoats. Clickbait. Well, uh, well, what isn't clickbait these days? Speaking of clickbait, why don't you click on it and tell us what happened, Pinky? Sure. So, surprisingly enough, again, it's the Hacker News. Wow. And basically, I know. Adult Friend Finder, in case you weren't on it, is a casual dating website with the tagline, hook up, find sex, or meet someone hot now. In 30 minutes or it's free. Is it hot already? Kind of like Little Caesars? I'm just curious. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, probably. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, You know, uh, I have to admit that uh, my friend was always fond of saying that Little Caesars Pizza was hot already. Hot already. It's kind of like choose and perish. You'd think that there'd be a different kind of combination there, but apparently there isn't. Anyway, uh, enough about cold cheese. Adult adult friend finder is to Ashley Madison what Walmart is to like Saks on Fifth Avenue. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm really angry. So you're a connoisseur of adult friend uh, websites, are you? Is that what you're saying? Well, one just seems classier than the other. Like even the commercials are classier. You know, like Ashley Madison's they have commercials was like having an affair today, and it had you know some some lady there standing in the background and. You know, she didn't, you know, it looked like a high-priced war going into a hotel room. Adult Friend Finder is just, you know, MILFs in your area want to get down now. Come to Adult Friend Finder. And it's just, and it looks like they took the worst pictures of, from Facebook. And because they want to make it real, (laughs) like, this is who you'll find. You'll find uh, Ma over here. She just, uh, she, she, she just got off of a fishing derby. A fishing derby. Oh, so, is that the catch of the day? Oh, oh, oh. No. Um, I think it is. I think I threw up a little in my mouth just now. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just curious how many of these were like joke accounts. I, you know, just uh, poor, no encryption for passwords. Who cares? You get what you deserve. You sign up for this stupid website. You're going to get you get what you deserve. So, Especially since they do have like no encryption. So you really do. What do you mean? No so, encryption. So later in the article, well, First off, this is um, the second time they've had a hack. Last year they had, you know, some of their accounts leaked, but this one's worse with over $300 million. Um, and apparently the database containing emails, easily crackable, or in some cases unprotected passwords, usernames, IPs, and browser information has been made also now available online for you to buy. 
Free to buy. Um, buy one, get one free? What? Well, if you want to buy these accounts, they're apparently now available on the black market. And the passwords at worst case scenario are being protected using SHA-1. SHA-1. Ah. I wonder, I wonder if they're going to do an analysis of this and find out that it's 99.9% dudes. <laughs> Isn't that what they did with the last time this kind of came up? It was like the, the, the male-to-female ratio is. Oh yeah, ridiculously out of scale. Wow, wow, what a what a what a coincidence! Women have higher standards than men. It's amazing. <laughs> this for just anybody, man, for anybody who's been in both for anybody who's been in both a Chippendales and a typical male strip club, right? Like you, you the friggin' class of strip club when it's dude when it's like chicks going to a dude a strip club with dudes in it. Is like there's there's more ambiance like it's dot gross um, things like that. But then you go to a strip club that is commonly frequented by men, and they just don't give a shit. Like it could be the seediest, grossest joint on the planet. But you would never find women there ever, other than the dancers. So you know, I look at this as just there. Men men are just more tolerant of this grossness. Would be online, online <clears throat> casual sex dating. I mean, I'm just not surprised that there are that, that there are a dearth of females um, in these accounts. So, if Adult Friend Finder is Walmart, then what is Craigslist? Uh, a flea market? Craigslist. It, that's perfect. Yes, Craig. Craigslist is the free market of anonymous sexual escapades. No, Although, not free market. Flea. Flea market. Oh, well, no, I said flea market. You know, no, like, like you said, you go buy Sega Genesis games. Dude, I like Sega Genesis. Oh, wait, no, wait. These aren't the games I want. These are not the <laughs> games I want. I am not blowing on that cartridge. I am not blowing on that cartridge. Much like Craig, much like Craigslist, it's got to be local. So <laughs> and a flea market is a pretty apt example. Good job, Coop. So, you know, I actually, I, so before I, Get this taken out of context. So I was looking for further Macintosh resources for uh, a video capture system for an upcoming event. And I went on Craigslist and found an article where some, or a posting rather, someone said, hey, I've got this uh, 2015 MacBook, uh, sorry, yeah, 2015 that's got 16 gigs of RAM and all this other jazz, but it's it's a, 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 the price is too good to be true. So my first thought was, you know, I'm sure it's going to wind up being where they're in another place and they want me to send them money. So I responded to the article and uh, I got an email back the next day saying, well, I'm sorry to say, but I've moved to Canada uh, to a certain township or whatever in Canada, but I'm hoping we can still do the deal. I I stopped myself from writing uh, the, the response I wanted, which was, hey, I have a friend who lives in that city. Let me know where you're at so they can stop by and take a look at the Mac. Because I figure, you know, they're not going to answer. It's probably a bot, or they just circle back once a week to check on their all their inventory to see who who they might get to send money. You should be more brave. I would have done it. I would have said, "Yep, I have uh, several friends in that distant Calgary uh, province." And, and so, what happened? So, yeah, but what does that actually get you? It doesn't get you anything. I mean, it would be a fun diversion for fifteen minutes of my day. It's worth it just – why, why can't people understand that that which makes you laugh is worth it, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be funny to anybody else other than you 
Uh, yeah, those are the best jokes. Like I don't, I don't give a shit if nobody in the room is laughing. I'm laughing, and if you don't get it, then screw you. <laughs> As he comes out from under his bridge, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, I, I just don't like. I admit it. I don't have usually the the gumption to go full on. Yeah, I'm just gonna troll. I just don't. I don't. Don't do it. Um, I'm not that good at it either. Because I, I, I'm. Are you worried about the troll trace system? <laughs> So we'll find you, troll. We'll find you, troll. And we will get you up from under your little bridge. <laughs> there is a risk. There is a small risk there. I'm, I'm not as concerned about that now as I was, say, f- six months ago. But, you know, there's there's definitely a thought process to it. Uh, but, you troll know. VPN, the ultimate free source for trolls. That's right. So, <laughs> all right. Enough of that. Let's go back and actually deal with... Uh, the, the, the next story I'm interested about, since we started with LinkedIn, Coop, why don't you bring us back to LinkedIn? And, and of course, it has to be from thehackernews.com. Yes, wow. For, for this episode, at least, it, I would have to say they must be our unofficial sponsor for this episode. And if you are a part of thehackernews.com and you're listening to this episode, please reach out to us. We would love to discuss you being a sponsor of Saha Says. But anyway, on with the story. So Russian court bans LinkedIn in Russia. Um, Yeah, Facebook and Twitter could be next is the headline on here. Just makes me say, okay. Uh, Does Putin not like all the trolling on uh, social media or what? Uh, no, it's probably the Microsoft backer now. Yeah. No, I think he's actually just jealous that he doesn't get a whole subreddit like Biden bro, okay? Biden bro? Have you not been to the subreddit? It's a subreddit. Is a website? No, it's on Reddit dedicated to all the memes with Obama and Biden. Wow. Basically, basically the concept is uh, Joe Biden's going to exact revenge in some way, shape, or form on the incoming administration. It's going to be extremely petty. And it's going to be extremely petty, you know, much like when the uh, Clinton administration, you know, was leaving and they took all the W's off the keyboards. Um, oh, and they stole furniture and paintings and, you know, so and China and, you know, basically everything that wasn't bolted down and had to return thousands of dollars worth of shit. <laughs> who, who, who knew Bill Clinton would also resort to theft and petty thievery? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, with I the, mean, he was a stellar guy. But I understand know. in late October, the world's largest online professional network, Pinky, help me out. No, I'm not helping you with this. This is all Coop. Oh, Coop, you're stuck with it, man. Well, hold on. No, I want, I want to go to the uh, the. So Russia bans LinkedIn, Facebook, and, and Twitter are next, right? The um. The reason why the Iranians or the, the Russians want this data on their servers is so that they can get to the data. It's not because of, we are very concerned about privacy. So like, no, you're not. You want the servers in the country so that you can go and take the servers whenever you please. Coop, is you know? that what the story says? Uh, looks like here uh, they were talking about the uh, legalization put in place protecting its citizens' data from NSA's worldwide surveillance revealed by uh, the whistleblower that you know their regulator known as Ross Gamanzo, whatever. I totally Godzilla, yes. That. Yeah, Ross Al Ghul. 
get it. Ra's al Ghul, there we go. Okay. Yes, Batman is not happy with it, too. Is now threatening to block any company that's uh, stored its citizens' personal data on non-Russian servers. So the court's decision has a potential to deny access to LinkedIn for millions of its members they have in, in Russia and the companies that use LinkedIn to grow their businesses. So they remain interested in a meeting, and that's LinkedIn, in a meeting with Ra's al Ghul, uh, yeah, and Batman to discuss their data localization request, meaning just like Vash said, servers in the country so they can go by and pick it up or just get a tap into it and get a carbon copy of everything that goes through it at any time. Uh, Russia was actually in the news not that long ago, a couple episodes back, something like that, where they uh, were going after VPN servers in their country trying to uh, mine data off of them by confiscating those VPN servers. So it's not a big surprise that they're saying, yeah, we want servers in our country so that we can extract whatever the hell we want when we want because we want it. I would like to make a uh, kind of a broad generalization here about um, about oppressive regimes and uh, saying, hey, look, we're going to make you more secure you know, with but you have less freedom. Like you have less freedom to visit LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, but you're gonna be more secure. We're going to protect you. I mean, is that not the, the height of a? Oh, oh, okay, great, more secure, but but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a little bit of freedom. I mean, they're just giving up a little bit of freedom. I mean, there Russia doesn't have a Russia and Iran don't have histories of you know targeting political dissidents or anything like that. I mean, it's. I mean, clean is the is the wind driven snow, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, come on! Now, now, wait a minute, because because seconds ago I thought you were just talking about how it it's strange to you because they just want access to that data. Now it's it's not about data mining; it really is about privacy protection. Come on now. Well, no, well, no. I mean, it's it's just like every time somebody wants to raise your taxes, they hold up, you know, they pick a kid up by a scruff of his neck and say, "Little Johnny's going to be retarded without your money." Do you hate little Johnny? And then you have to and then you have to say, uh, well, no, I don't hate little Johnny. I'm fine. You can have some more of my money. You know, it's just, it's the same concept. They're holding up. Look at look at what's in this hand. Look at what's in this hand. It's security. It's oh, this this and this other hand. This is just a little bit of your freedom. We're just going to be brushing this back away from you. You didn't need that much anyway. So why um why even why even tolerate it? So that's and they're just going to go and pick up the servers anyway. They just they have their own on-demand taps. You know they they're just jealous that the NSA has been able to get into all these things, and they they have it. And uh, I'm curious, Pinky, are are you concerned about the the sharing of your data, the giving up of your privacy for a little bit of freedom there to to have access um, to these things? You're on social media. You're on LinkedIn. I mean. The main thing that depresses me is I was starting to give in and setting up my LinkedIn account and saying all this news again reminds me of why was I bothering again. So it comes back to the traditional, if you want to enjoy all your human rights and shit, then, you know, you lose a little bit of security. You lose a bit of privacy, especially if you don't know your privacy controls. If you'd like more security, you lose some of your, you know, fun benefits. Is this the case in Russia? Probably not. Coop, same thought? I don't know. I like security with benefits. <laughs> but, 
I don't think the uh, benefit should be lack of freedom. Uh, yeah, I, I think we've given up enough uh, freedom, really, uh, over time, thanks to Patriot Act, what have you, to where it's only a matter of time to where this country will not be recognizable to the next generation. Well, it's not recognizable to the previous for, to the next generation right now. It's you know that's 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 a right now thing. Like every single generation is the the country is you know lurched a little bit uh, towards giving up or preferring security to liberty and getting none in the process. You know that old, <laughs> that old adage. So they have like we we do we do we keep adding laws like this. Nobody realized that we just keep adding laws to things. The the laws. The stack of laws and regulations keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That that is you losing your freedom. That's not, you know, it's it's saying, oh well, we're much freer now than we ever have been. No, that's that's horseshit. That's absolute horseshit. When there's more laws and more administrative code on the book, on the books, you lose freedom. So by virtue of there being a new thing that you have to hold to. Well, the standard keeps changing, right? It shifts. House on sand kind of stuff. Yeah, it's called the uh, the Overton window, right? You know, that which you accept, uh, you know, you start pushing acceptance of a, of a, of a uh, fringe topic until it becomes mainstream and then finally becomes the standard and then uh, passes on into oblivion, so... Um, look up the Overton window if you guys are really curious about, you know, how stuff or how um, presentation of certain materials change over time. You know, those that were previously unpalatable, this is how they got to being palatable. Well, right. So everyone says no and no and no until someone else figures out a way how to say the same thing in a palatable way. And then you come to realize, oh, wait, that's that's the same thing we talked about before. Or maybe not. I'll have to go look up the Overton window to go learn something. I'm willing to learn something today. So that's good. Well, thank you very much, so much, for joining us as we go digging through some headlines right before Thanksgiving in this country. We thank you so much for tuning in. And if you have questions or comments, feel free to look us up on social media if you're willing to give up your freedom. I mean, just to ask us a question. Uh, at SATX Hackers or hashtag SATX Hackers. And maybe next week we might talk a little more about security. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't eat too much turkey. And if you do, well, maybe, maybe you don't. Enjoy whatever it is you eat. And have a good day. Dang it. Watch some football. Sports ball. That's a separate conversation. Good night.